It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, I'm excited for this word today. We're going to teach today. We're going to share on the blessing of endurance, the blessing of endurance. And I'm going to do this in three sections. Uh, We last week talked about the last days, the last of the last days. And in talking about the last days, one of the things that we saw in Scripture was for you to make it through the eschatos, the end of the end, the last of the last You've got to learn how to endure. Really, really important. And so uh, we are going to talk today about the blessing of endurance. We're going to see three different facets of endurance as we go through uh, the Scripture this morning. And so while they may seem each of these sections disconnected, we're going to pull them all together uh, at the end, and uh, you will see exactly what Scripture speaks to us about when it comes to learning to endure. Now, I told you last week that endurance, a good biblical definition of endurance, is to bear up courageously. We often think of endurance as something we've got to somehow drag ourselves through. Somehow we've got to make it uh, to the finish line. And, and often when we think of endurance, you know, we're just all beat up, but somehow we got there. But that's not what the Bible teaches when it comes to endurance. We are to bear up in life, regardless of circumstances and situations, with great courage. We are to bear up with courage. So um, I'm going to begin, uh, first of all, with the blessing of endurance, the blessing of endurance. And I'm going to give you out of the book of James four very simple things that you and I need to do to help us bear up courageously under difficult circumstances. We live in a time where circumstances are difficult. Things are challenging. But we have the promise of God that it's not always going to be this way. You know, if, you're, if your health is in trouble, it's not going to be this way, but you've got to bear up courageously. If your marriage is in trouble, it's not going to always be this way. Bear up courageously. If your family, your children, if, if it's separated and divided, it's not always going to be this way. We've got to bear up courageously. So out of the book of James, beginning in chapter 1, I want to share with you quickly four very simple uh, things that we need to apply to our lives so that we can do just that. James chapter 1. I'm going to read all eight verses. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work and complete lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7 tells us, let 
not that man suppose that he's going to receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Quickly, there, there are things that I want to show you, four things I want to show you, because this will lay the foundation for how we get through uh, the, the difficulties of life with endurance. Number one is attitude. Number one is attitude. Go back to verse one here in James chapter one. The Bible, uh, excuse me, go back to verse two in James chapter one. The Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. The word count means to consider. Consider your life as one that is joyful despite the fact that you have fallen into various trials and tribulations. Uh, the, The word count means to consider or to be of strong opinion. Strong says we are to lead with this opinion with strength. Well, what opinion should be strong? The opinion that no matter what happens, you're going to have a good attitude because you know you're going to get through to the end. Have that kind of attitude, but may it be an attitude of strength. Not, okay, at this moment I feel okay, but the next moment I don't. No, the Bible says have a strong attitude of joy uh, when you fall into various challenges. If you want to endure, if you want to bear up courageously, you must have the right attitude. Uh, and you remember the old adage, um, it, it's like being a tea bag. You're really not worth a whole lot till you get into some hot water. Well, that's, that's how we ought to be. We ought to recognize we're going to hit some hot water, but we're going to change the hot water. We're going to infuse an attitude of joy into whatever challenge that we face. There's an old football coach named Lee Holt, uh, Lou Holtz, and uh, he said this, and I, <clears throat> I love it. Um, he said, ability is what you're capable of doing. Motivation determines what you do. Attitude determines how well you do it. So we may as well enjoy life because we're going to fall into various trials and temptations. We may as well have strong opinion that we're going to get through to the end. We're going to bear up courageously. Our endurance will outlast the problem. Number two, remember these are just very plain and simple from the book of James, things that we need to apply to our life to get through, to endure challenges of life. Number two is patience. Look at verses three and four in James chapter one knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, mature, and complete, lacking nothing. Patience always gets you to the finish line. If it's allowed to have its perfect work, it will end up complete for you. But patience doesn't mature. It doesn't fulfill its purpose without your faith being tested by various trials. Now, the word tested, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be tested. I mean, you know, all of us went to school, and a test wasn't an evil thing, contrary to uh, perhaps your opinion. A test wasn't evil. It was actually a measurement as to whether you were learning anything. 
And when we come into tests in life, it's really a way of knowing, are we learning the lessons in life that we need to learn to get to the promise, to get to the finish line? Uh, Paul's admonition to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 12, says this. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil, loathe all ungodliness, turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another, Scripture says. Never lag in zeal. And in earnest endeavor, be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering. Be patient in tribulation. And be in constant prayer. So let patience outlast the worst that life and people throw at you. The third practical application of how to get through endure, and enduring uh, with endurance a challenging time is found in verse 5, and that's wisdom. Wisdom. Let's read uh, verse 5. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Trouble, trial, tribulation causes usually people to act out in the flesh. I don't know about you, but for me, um, when, when I'm in trouble, when I'm in trial, when I'm in tribulation, I want to fix it. I want to I uh, release some of the pressure, get rid of some of the pain. And so often I can, I'll, I'll make decisions, I'll take steps that really just take me further into trouble. And it's important that we don't go there Scripture is very clear. Ask God. Ask for wisdom. God gives huge doses of it. And he won't even think you're stupid. That, that's, my def, that, that's my revised version here, verse 5. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. So if you don't know where you're going... Any road will lead you there. So you'd better ask for wisdom to get on the right road. Number four, faith. Ah, uh, the faith life. Verses six through eight, let's read it. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let, no, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Here's the thing. A lot of people have thrown faith out of their lives in, in a sense because um, they didn't like the excess of faith. But the Bible says if you're a believer, you've got to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We've got to trust God and his word and live by it regardless of the tribulations and trials and troubles that are going on around us. We've got to take a stand and say, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to believe God for his promise. I'm coming out of this mess 
It doesn't matter what else is happening. I am coming out of this mess. We need more faith people. Where have all the faith people gone? We need strong faith people, people who will see the promise and stand on it and not let go, people who will grab hold of it and, and say, I am not moved by anything else but God's word. And so... If you want to call me a faith man, I humbly accept your nomination. I want to be a man of faith. Everything I've ever done for God, always, 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 there's an application of faith. Because everything God's ever asked me to do, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than than what what I think I can do. And so I have to trust God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says this. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, that's the walk of faith, you may receive the promise. In other words, if you're going to take a stand of faith over a promise that God has made, you're going to need some endurance in that stand of faith. James chapter 1, back to James chapter 1, look at verse 12, this will conclude faith. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, who endures trials and tribulation and trouble. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Someone who is enduring is blessed. Someone who is living a life of endurance, bearing up courageously courageously under difficult circumstances, is called blessed. You want to be the blessed of the Lord? Endure. And I just gave you four things that will help you endure. The second, now the first one is that if you endure, you're blessed. The second section I want to give you here today is maybe something you hadn't thought about when it comes to endurance, and that is the royalty of endurance. The royalty of endurance. 2 Samuel chapter 3. The setting here is that Israel is divided into two nations. There's the southern and and the northern kingdom, and and David is over the southern kingdom. Uh, A man by the name of Ishibosheth who is Saul's son, he is over the northern kingdom of Israel. David's heart was always that the nation be brought together as one. It'd be one kingdom. That was his heart. Um, You know, America has been divided in the past. Civil war, the north and the south. Today we're divided politically. And it's it's a strong... I I read uh, after one historian who said he believes that today's division between Republicans and Democrats is as strong, if not stronger, than those uh, from the South and the North during the Civil War. That's, that's pretty, a pretty strong statement. David's heart was that Israel would be drawn back together as, as one nation. So, um, when the... Northern Kingdom's military leader came to David, who was the southern king, and said, I want Israel to be unified as well. When he said that, 
David's heart was pricked. He, he wanted that as well. And so um, he said, all right, let's, let's make this happen. And, and the military leader of the northern kingdom, remember David was the leader, uh, the, the leader of the southern kingdom, when he said, I'll make sure that our armies of the northern kingdom back you, verse 1, for 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. David is functioning here in a place of strength. In verse 8, I gave you the backdrop. In verse 8, Joab is David's military leader. And he finds out that the military leader of the northern kingdom, his name was Abner, had come to visit David. And, and negotiated with David, wanted to cut a covenant with David so that the two kingdoms could come together. David's military leader, are you still with me on the story here? He's still, okay. David's military leader, Joab, had an issue with Abner. But not only that, he didn't trust him, and he felt like he was here to deceive David. So he takes care of business as he sees it ought to be taken care of. And we read it in uh, uh, verse, well, let me read verse 8 first. Then Abner, David's military leader, became very angry at the words of Shibboseth and said, my dog's, uh, am I a dog's head? Excuse me, Abner is the northern kingdom military leader. My dog's head that belongs to Judah. Today I show loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers and to his friends and have not delivered you to the hand of David. And you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman. So um, there, there was an issue between Abner and, his, and of the northern kingdom and his Sibosheth. So from there, he goes to David, tries to strike a deal with David. David's excited because his heart wants unity. Joab, David's military leader, hears this, comes back and says, David, he's a deceiver. He's trying to trick you. This is not good for the southern kingdom. This is not good for Israel. And so he then goes and takes care of business. Here's the account of it, verse 25 through 27. Surely you realize that Abner, the son of Ner, came to deceive you, to know you're going out and you're coming in and to know all that you're doing. And when Joab had gone from David's presence, because he worked for David, he sent messengers to Abner, who brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David didn't know all of this was going on. And when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joam took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately, and there stabbed him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Eshel, his brother. It's pretty rough stuff, isn't it? And when David heard this, because he didn't know all this was going on, his heart and his dream for unity is gone. And he's distraught. Verse, verse 32. So they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. Verse uh, 35. And when all the people came to persuade David to eat food while it was still day, David took an oath saying, God, do so to me and more also if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. 
And all the people took note of it, and it pleased them since whatever the king did pleased all the people. For all the people in all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. David is distraught. He's not eating. He's weeping. He's crying. The nation is weeping and crying because what he wanted more than anything else was for a united kingdom, and now his hopes and dreams are dashed. And I told you that whole story just to get to verse 39, because verse 39 has to do with you and I. And here's what David said. I am weak today, though I'm still anointed king. I am weak today, even though I'm still anointed king. Let me remind you today with these words of David that no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how challenging life has been, no matter how challenging and miserable uh, the, the season that you're in has, has gripped you, no matter how badly you want to quit, no matter how badly you want to go back to Egypt, you are still royalty. And you are still anointed of God. And the difficulty of life in this season, it's temporary. Failure, sinner, loser, those are all temporary titles. You are called by God to keep God's identity of royalty in your life intact. Let me remind you of something today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. And because you're a royal priesthood, you're anointed of God. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You may be pushed down. It may not all be working the way it, you think it ought to be, you're still a royal priesthood. David was still the king, and he was still anointed to be the king, no matter how difficult things were. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says this, God raised us up from death to life with Christ Jesus and has given us a place beside Christ in heaven. That's a royal place. It's a royal seat. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, and he has made us to be kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Divine royalty is our lot. You can never live out your royalty by pushing away from it. Endurance and perseverance doesn't drain you of your royal blood. You've been called by God to be a king and priest. And really what needs to happen is you need to push through with bearing up courageously endurance to make sure that your royalty remains intact because there are a lot of subjects around us that need the, the scepter of the king on their life. 
and he's chosen you and I to be the ones to wield it. Last thing today is the strength of endurance. Endurance is a blessing. Endurance carries with it royalty. And endurance carries with it strength. Strength. Familiar story, Luke chapter 18. Let me read it. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always should pray and not lose heart. That means have endurance. Saying there wasn't a certain city a judge who didn't fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my uh, adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I don't fear God and even though I don't regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now let me just stop right there. Back to verse 1. This parable, we're told right from the beginning, is about prayer and endurance. Never lose heart. And in verse 2, the judge does not represent God. He represents the devil, the enemy, because he's unjust. God is not unjust. And in verse 3, a widow, and in that culture... When a, a woman's husband died, she lost her rights. She lost her standing in society. She really didn't have any leg to stand on to, to be before the judge and says, give me justice. She didn't really have that right. And so he didn't respond to her in verse 4. She was asking, and in verse 4, he just shut her off. He would not. But then these little words for a while. And afterwards, after a little while, he thought, I don't fear God, I don't fear man. Verse 5. Yet, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Less, he didn't care about her. And he didn't care about God. And he didn't care about justice. What he cared about was himself. And because this widow keeps troubling me, I'm going to avenge her. Lest by her continual, continual coming, she weary me. It was about him. Now... <clears throat> I'm gonna, I, I dug into this passage and be, be, just because of those words, never lose heart, which to me spoke to endurance. But when I dug into this passage, I, I began to see the strength and power of endurance like never before. Because here in verse 5, the Bible says, because of this widow's consistent, continual prayer of faith, she was speaking to him. She was demanding justice. 
because of her continual consistent ask, he, the devil, he lost the strength of his resolve. Now, in this verse, somebody in this story, somebody's going to give in. It's either going to be the devil or the widow in faith. Somebody's going to give in. Somebody's going to lose their resolve. Somebody's going to grow weak and weary. And this story was put in the Bible to tell you that the person who gives up is the person that's going to lose. And in this story, the person that gives up is the devil. He loses his resolve. He's weakened by her faith, her continual coming. But that doesn't happen without resolve, without endurance. That doesn't happen without faith. Actually, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. Let's go there. It says this, Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. You can't get to promise without faith. You can't get to faith without having some hope. And you can't have hope without any endurance. So back to verse 5 of Luke chapter 18. Let, let, me, let me reset this for you. Again, the word weary, this word weary, it, it, it means resolve. The devil was weakened in his resolve to ignore her. Then we, we move on and it says, yet because, no, go back to verse five, yet because this widow, in other word, troubles me, troubles me. The word trouble means to be persistent, to endure troubling circumstances. By the way, how do we endure? Attitude, patience, wisdom, and faith. The word trouble means to endure troubling circumstances with persistence. Your endurance weakens the enemy. Prayerful endurance keeps coming. And here's what we know about the devil from the story. He has little tolerance for endurance. So, whatever you're going through, dig in and endure with the right attitude, with the wisdom. Dig in and endure with your faith and patience. Because if you do, you will out, he will be the one that will weaken at the knees. He will be the one that will give in. He will be the one that says, all right, I lost this round. I'm going on to the next person. He's going to be the one that, that goes there. One last thing, the word weary, 
the, the phrase in some translations, um, her, 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 she's wearing me out. This, this word weary, by the way, on what I'm about to say, I just can't, you can't make up this stuff, <clears throat> especially when you're preaching it <laughs> out of the Bible. So if you want to look it up, you can. It's, it's Strong's number 5299. Here's what the word weary means in this verse. It, because this woman troubles me, I'm going to avenge her. I'm going to give her what she wants. She's going to get the promise, the reward. Uh, blessed by her continual coming, she weary me. You, you, Strong's 5299. You know what this word weary means? In Strong's? <laughs> to hit under the eye. And to subdue. Here's what your endurance, here's what bearing up courageously does. Here's what, in challenging circumstances of 2022, does for you when you do what the Bible says to do. Here's what it does. Your endurance is designed to give the devil a black eye. But not only that, your endurance is designed by God to subdue him with your authority. That's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Endurance is not just dragging yourself across the finish line to where the reward is. Endurance is designed by God to turn it back on the devil and slug him right in the face and get your sword of the word of God and take off his head and say, no more, no more, no more. Taking authority over him and subduing him. And if that doesn't get you excited about the challenge you face right now and what you can do in this challenge, then um, you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let's stand together. Endurance. Endurance to bear up courageously. Endurance. Do you have the right attitude? Patience, wisdom, faith, endurance. Are you living endurance because you are royalty. You are a king and a priest. Are you living an enduring life because you know who you are in Christ? Are you living a life of endurance in such a way that you're, you know it's a blessing in your life to go through stuff because you're going to come all the way through and, and your endurance actually is going to be an offensive weapon to the devil's going to smack him swear square in the eye, you're going to give him a black eye, and you're going to subdue him and his works in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for opportunity to share your word today. It's a blessing and privilege for us to come together in the house of God. It's a blessing for us to know the truth of your word. It's a blessing for us today to stand here with an open heart, recognizing, Father, that the challenges of life we all are facing 
are temporary. And actually, uh, they're working in the world and in us something that is going to be joyous, something that is going to be wonderful. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we today can stand here before the Word of God, the presence of Almighty God, and declare that we are overcomers because we are royalty. We are blessed because we exercise our faith, patience, joy, the right attitude. Lord, I thank you that today we are yours. We are not the enemies. Our lives are in your hands, and we will bear up courageously. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.